Welcome everyone to the podcast that gives you movie and TV discussion every Tuesday and gaming discussion every Friday. The Nerdy Useless Topic Society, better known as... Nuts! Because we're nuts. I didn't leave any time in between that this time. I really <laughs> wanted to say something, but yeah, you got nothing. <laughs> Congratulations, Chris. <laughs> and now chime in. Hmm? I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, no, that's it. Because <laughs> we're so, nuts. Because we're nuts. So, how are you today, Chris? Good. Yeah, good. That's about it. I mean, it's, I've been busy. So much to do. So little time. April is upon us, and there's just so much to see this month. So, I'm just preparing myself mentally and emotionally. Prepare yourself. I don't think I could. Between Endgame and Game of Thrones, everyone's going to die. <laughs> I gotta prep my tear ducks. <laughs> yes. Prep them. The ducks. The ducks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The ducks. So we're gonna get right into the news with that. Uh so I'll yes. start with TV news. I mean we so they're making and this is something that you would like. They are making a show all about Alfred the Butler from Batman. Please tell me as an avid Batman fan, what are your thoughts on this? I, you know, I'm like in the yeah. middle. Yeah. <laughs> as an avid, but I think it's going to be, it's saying it's taking place in the sixties. It's following Alfred's early days. Cause his characters fleshed out a little bit in the, in like certain major comic books. Uh, but essentially he's a former SAS, like a uh, British military officer, uh, it's not like he's a, uh, you know, it's not like he's British Batman in the 60s, but, you know, he has some military training. I think it's going to be a lot like the Marvels. Uh, the only thing I could probably compare it to, at least at this point, is Marvel's Agent Carter, that show that was on for two seasons. Uh, it starred Haley Atwell as Agent Carter. And I think it's going to be similar to that. It's going to be a period piece set before everything. And, uh, you know, there might be some hints as to like some future things, like maybe a, a parent or grandparent of someone. Uh, but it's, I think, hopefully going to become its own thing. I mean, that'll be interesting. They haven't really explored Alfred's background much. Like it was explored a little bit in the animated series, but n not yeah. in like great detail. Uh, like, yeah, as long as they don't pull a Gotham, because I really did. I start. I stopped liking that show quite early in. So, yeah, I remember I started watching it. I watched the, like the winter break of the first season, and then when it was on streaming services, I think Netflix, I binged the first two seasons. And even then, I was like, you know, with the lack of waiting in between, and I knew it was like at first I was excited because it was doing Gotham, like you know, before Bruce, and then it just became its own thing and. It just did things that was different than what I expected. I thought it was going to be more of a direct adaptation, but they did their own thing. It's good they kind of like doubled down on that and did, you know, I think as it's going into its last couple episodes, I think it's supposed to finish up in April or, or May. So maybe I'll watch the last like episode. And I haven't even seen this whole season, and I'm sure, or even I think the last season. Yeah. But I'm sure I could watch it and still figure it out because it's not like there's only so, so much know, that they can do. Yeah. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't like the worst show ever. It's just, you know, it had so much hype. It could have been so oh, much yeah, better for sure. Uh, but, um, yeah. And then the other TV news coming out. Well, by the time this is released, it'll have been out for a, I think a day coming out on April 1st is the twilight zone. And that's not an April fool's we day hope. thing. Uh, the first, I think it's the first two episodes are releasing and then they're going to do one or two episodes a week. So it's Jordan Peele. A lot of like uh, celebrities are involved and he's been working on, this is like his passion project. I think it's going to be really good. Uh, you know, they tried rebooting the show, I think once in the like eighties and then again in the like late nineties, early two thousands for like a season or two. And I remember seeing a couple episodes. It wasn't like, it wasn't great, but this uh, I'm hoping is good. 
he does a good job. Yeah, I mean, if his movies are any indication of what he can do, then it's going to be really good. I, yeah, I think so. And then you got yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. No, I was going to say that's just yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And then you got the news on Marvel front that Angelina Jolie is apparently in talks to star in the Eternals movie that's set to come out in phase four. So I, that's interesting. I'm not really that big of a Angelina Jolie fan, but I, I, I honestly probably couldn't care less about it. But I mean, I guess that's star power that they got. Yeah, I think it's basically just saying that, uh, you know, this is where we're heading. Uh, we're not going to like, yes, they, they said they were going to do more um, focus on individual movies. Like, yes, there will be some things tying all of them together, but it's going to be a lot more like phase one Marvel, which I'm excited to talk about uh, in next week. But, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, so Angelia Jolie. She's going to be in that. I think it's more just saying, hey, we're still like, there's still plenty of high, highly regarded actors and actresses out there that we're going to get into our movies. And, you know, it's just showing that they're still taking the future stuff seriously. Yeah. So who knows? I know they said recently that they're calling all of phase one, two, and three is going to be called the Infinity Saga. And then the next thing. Uh, who knows phase like four and five or four, five, six, if they have their way, we'll all be like another overarching storyline. Yeah, they can't. I mean, they can't give us what the name of it is because I'll spoil everything. But yeah, if they even said the infinity saga before, like, or even they didn't say anything like that until after the Avengers came yeah. out. Like there's no thought of that. Otherwise we would have been thinking like well into or well before the Avengers, like, Oh, they're all going to team up and they're going to introduce these people. Probably we'd be pretty close or at yeah. least some, I mean, closer. we know that we would know about Thanos and the general things that would happen. So, yeah. Eh. Um, the last bit of movie news I thought was interesting was they hired Cillian, or maybe Killian Murphy. I'm sorry for how dare you. Uh, but yes, <laughs> uh, in the quiet place too, or he's, well, he's not officially hired. He's heavily, heavily rumored to be in the role. He was like most notably known for the scarecrow role in the three, uh, like Christopher Nolan, Batman trilogy movies. Uh, he was, he played other roles in actually Christopher Nolan's movies. He was like the main character in inception that they were trying to uh he was like the son who they were actually trying to cause inception the whole movie was about like him destroying his own like mega corporation so they kept going into his dreams like deeper and deeper yeah um he's his other show was peaky blinders on netflix and bbc that's like i think in its fourth season i don't know if it's still going on or not but that's a really good show about like the uh turn of the century like uh mafia in the 1900s that's a really good show so he's going to be in it probably in what role you know i don't want to spoil the first quiet place for you but you know it'll be uh something good i'm sure he plays if i have to assume he'll play a villain because he plays a good villain he does i i really do like him i've not seen a quiet place i keep meaning to but never have so yeah that and like bird box too but i heard bird box was like just overhyped so yeah, it wasn't like bad it, it was you know it was longer than it needs to be i think it was like two hours that's too much yeah. for me you know that's i i think that's like a perfect <laughs> time like that's yeah, so maybe you would maybe. enjoy it sit there and just let it happen to your eyes joe okay i'm fine with that and i use that phrase specifically yeah. with no i I'm, I'm aware <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful <laughs> but that's really that's all the news that's happened this week what what we're going to do in the in the future because so the rest of the episode after we cover this bit is pre-recorded from a little bit ago that we want to get out to you guys it's going to be on puppets but we ha- <laughs> it sounds it's it sounds nuts. Yeah, it it's it's a really good show, and we wanted to make sure that we we put it out there. 
Um, so we're just recording the news to keep up to date. So if we, but if we say anything in the main part that sounds funny with the dates, that's why it was just recorded, yeah. recorded a little bit ago. Um, but besides that, we're in the future. We're going to be doing for for movies this month. We are covering every phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe until we get to Endgame, just to celebrate the fact that Endgame's coming. Because Chris and I are like ecstatic right now. Oh my gosh, tickets probably going on sale on the second, and we must get them. Yeah, I've been looking <laughs> all the time. I've been waiting for a text. I've I've been just patient but i'm like i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> i thank god it didn't happen today i can't begin to tell you how busy i was yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i've completely forgot i gotta put like a reminder in my phone yes so anyway we're going to let you guys have fun with the with the rest of the episode but thanks for listening to this part and we'll see you in a little bit stay nutty it's not the end just, I don't want them to stay nutty. So today we're going to talk about movie creatures in in movies, well, and TV shows. Yeah. Um, we're talking about creatures in like television medium, like as a total. Just to commend commiserate, yeah. like How I Train Your Dragons came out, and like Alita's got some interesting characters. So we thought it'd be fun to talk about that today. Yeah. So I know, really, I think the best place to start is the beginning. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, Joe, do you want to start us off with, like, how how old, really, puppetry and such, like, goes back? I mean, it like, is... Would you say it's the 1900s, or would you say it's earlier? It is as old as time itself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, like, puppetry is, like... It dates back all the way to like Greek civilization in like fifth century BC, and like that's the earliest records that they have of it. And then it can, I'm sure it goes back even further. That that obviously back in the fifth century BC, they obviously didn't have television or movies unless they had some hidden thing that we didn't know about. But they use it in like live theater shows and everything like that. That was something that they did. And then it really started getting big, bigger in the 1900s, obviously when television started coming out and it took its biggest leap, I would say in the eighties. Yeah, I think so. I know in the fifties there was, you know, uh, the very popular like howdy doody show, the little like creepy, freckled face puppet yeah <laughs> who had a show for i think it was like from 49 to 60 so a good run especially back then uh, but yeah you're right it wasn't until excuse me it wasn't until the 80s that i think it really took off and was able to be much more lifelike i mean some people look at some shows and it's like oh it's so dated but even now some of them still look really good and some of the things hold up i know i mean like, i yeah, go ahead. I was saying the '80s, like on TV shows, like '80s and '90s, they used puppetry a lot. Um, you know, obviously Jim Henson was huge in this regard. So, and the '70s really is when he started. So, like you have the Muppets, Sesame Street, dinosaurs. Uh, you have Fraggle Rock. Uh, yeah, the Dark Crystal. Anymore. You had yeah, and you get into like his movies of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. Um, really utilizing that uh and then other non-jim henson movies like never ending story uh those are just the ones that come to the top of my mind (laughs) yeah i mean you you there there's a ton of them there's et there of course there's alien there's little shop of horrors there's a there's a ton of them the the first muppet movie from henson came out in 1979 so yeah that's crazy yeah, it is. It's what is that? Ne- fifty, nearly fifty years ago. Am I yeah, doing forty math years ago. Right? Now. 40, forty. Yeah, came out. Yeah, forty years ago. Oh, that's crazy. And th- and then you had what was it? 
dark, like the Star Wars movies, they were out in the seventies and that's, they really had to use puppets. Like you had Yoda, you had Jabba the Hutt, you had most of the creatures that they made were some sort of puppet. I'm not sure if any of them were animatronic, but you had actors dressed up too in these different sorts of outfits to portray the characters like a non-human or a non-human character yeah there was at least some sort of like human interaction that needed to be part of it like typically hands-on in some capacity as opposed to fully uh automatic with like some controls um but you know it's you know it's just really impressive because you go back and you watch the original cut of them without like you know, the special edition version that came out in, like the 90s and since where it's like they added in digital animals and aliens and they changed java to like uh, cgi or they redid what was it like in the prequels and stuff they had the cgi yoda yeah cgi yoda i think wasn't bad when you eventually got to like his fight with Count Dooku or the Emperor. Like, obviously, you needed a CGI to do all those things. Yeah, it was a very uh, active character for someone <laughs> who, like, you're only known as, like, oh, this hobbling little frog alien looking thing. And then he's, like, jumping and doing flips that are, like, three, four times his size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, the fights themselves, like, that was, I think, there's no real saving grace for the pre- prequels in my mind. Yeah. But if I were to say that there was some good things about them looking in a vacuum, like I, I go Darth Maul and then like some some of the Yoda f- fight scenes, like particularly I like the one with Count Dooku. Um, yeah. The emperor, his fight scene with the emperor made me mad, but I won't even, I won't even get into that because <laughs> that that's going to be a rant. Um, but there, there was cases where CGI was needed. So what, once you transitioned from the eighties to like late nineties to the two thousands, they people started wanting to build all these fantasy worlds and more heavily action based. So they started using CGI more so they could use these non-human creatures that it would be hard to do these movements with puppets and they didn't want them like a a human couldn't portray them by going in a costume. So they started going into more CGI and sometimes that was for the benefit of them when like you needed the, the Yoda example and sometimes it was really to the detriment of the movie. Like, like you mentioned in the the remakes of the Star Wars movies, or not the remakes, the remasterings or whatever you want to call them, that Jabba, when they made him all CB, CGI, looked absolutely horrible. Yeah, they and they changed so much too. Like people are still mad about, you know, there's a whole Han shot first movement because they edited it so. He didn't shoot first. He was defending himself because Greedo shot first. And like that changes the character, changes the story, all this stuff. And, you know, that's all been talked about to death. You are saying some interesting words there, Chris. Han, Han, Han didn't shoot first. Oh, goodness, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think of like like you said the transition between like the 90s to 2000s like some movies still hold up perfectly with a mix of practical and CGI like Jurassic Park the original still looks awesome and they had practical effects with like a lot of the dinosaurs not all obviously but like even some of the CGI characters like the what is it the brontosaurus bronchiosaurus uh the long necks from <laughs> from Land Before Time <laughs> And like the T-Rex chase scene, like clearly they're done with CGI, uh, which was very still in its infancy, but yeah, you know, it still holds up. And then you get to, like you said, it's the reason they did it is one, they could do more with it for 
also less, a lot less money. As the technology increased, it became easier and cheaper to do it using a computer. You can do so much with CGI. I mean, think of like a positive version of it, and this is more CGI than like puppetry, uh-huh. but think of like the Matrix movies. And that was like so just unique at the time when the first one came out and then it like turned into just like too much in the sequels, but they were able to use CGI to do something that was impossible otherwise. So we're not like just saying, Oh, puppetry is always better than CGI, but you know, there was, there was a sense that you could actually see like if you could go and somewhere, if they were in a museum or something like that, or this was like a real, if you're a kid, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is a real thing. And even some kids can tell, oh, these CGI characters, like, that's not real. So, I mean, it's all about caring. I think at the bottom of it, you got to be able to relate to and care for these characters. Yeah. And it depends on, like, how much, like you said, effort you put into them, how, how much detail and all that. But that actually raises a, a good question is, like, how would you or how, how do you get someone to care about a non-human character in the, in any TV or movie? How, how am I going to relate to this big-ass dinosaur that you have on the screen? Or if it's like the, the new movie that came out, um, why am I blanking on the name? Jurassic Dress- World Fallen Kingdom? Well... Jurassic World or How to Train Your Dragon, um, like oh, yes. where where Toothless is a major character, but like how's it, how are you supposed to get the audience to relate to to that character? He's not human in, in any way. Yeah, I think you know for those complete CGI, especially like you look at all these like kid and family movies, especially since like the '90s, and some like take it and run and they do amazing things. I think both DreamWorks and Pixar. And to that extent, also Disney, but as more recently, I think they've been doing CGI almost solely since Tangled. I think they've done like one or two hand drawn since, but um, yeah, but yeah. So the total CGI, like look at every Pixar movie, even like you know ones. Some are like you know not as not as popular. You think of you know they're all inanimate objects. Or mostly, like you have like some human ones, like Brave, uh, the Good Dinosaur has like human characters, and that's pretty much universally known to be like one of the lesser Pixar movies. You get a you care about these dinosaurs and the humans in that. You care about cars. You care about a robot in Wally. Yeah. Uh, emotions themselves, like I thought it was so cool. Toys, like everyone could, that the, it started with Toy Story. You relate to your own childhood and the toys that you have, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is this is crazy. And I think you know they're able to express so much emotion and really connect to the audience because it's something that you can relate to, even if it's a thing. Like you know, there's no children driving around in race cars or like pickup trucks or, you know, like in, (laughs) yeah, there shouldn't be, uh, but they're still able to, you know, watch cars and be like, Oh my gosh, I love lightning McQueen or I love tow mater. (laughs) And then you got the other ones like monsters Inc. They're monsters. Yeah. And, like literally that movie is made hey you know what you're supposed to be afraid of in the dark well you're gonna love these things by the end of this movie like that was i think like the epitome of it you're caring for these things you would be terrified of if it was any other you know movie uh and then dreamworks it's the same thing like toothless toothless can't talk uh so you're like how do you do that with a character that can't even talk and it's all combination of like relating the character to other things in your life that you know, yeah. facial expressions. Uh, you know, he's almost like, like a lot of times they, they make animals, especially or creatures act like, like a friendly dog or something like that. Even though like, Oh, this animal is nothing like a dog wouldn't react in this way in reality. But you know, oh, yeah. people associate, Oh, this is, you know, he toothless comes up and starts licking 
Hiccup, the main character. And like, oh, it's like what my dog does. I like my dog, therefore I like Toothless. Now I know he's a good. He's smiling with that big tongue out. Oh yeah, I, that's that's exactly what I was about to say because it, in most of the the most famous creatures in, in any TV medium universe, they are I, I believe either one or two things. They're human like. Or it's like you said, they're related to something that we know in life, like an animal for the most part. Toothless was going to be one of my major points is that he is, he's like a dog. You typically, the funny thing is, unless you can think of things, I don't typically see creatures that they most, most of the time that they make like cats because people, cats don't really care about a lot of things. Um, there, there's Garfield and stuff, but like he's a literal cat. So, <laughs> but he, yeah, I don't, I, they typically take on the personality of like a, a dog or like you, King Kong was like interested in, in this girl. Like they, they gave like him like sort of human, human emotions. You had one, one of the biggest ones that I love that I don't think actually these movies get or this this movie series gets talked about enough. Like it's a it's a new readapted version of it. But so Caesar from Dawn of Planet of the Apes or any of them, yeah, really. Like he he's a purely CGI character. Um, oh, that was so good that series. But I yeah I I loved that series. I know it was a remake from the old ones when way back when. But like they made they made the theme of the those movies relatable and they made caesar's character relatable to something that you knew was happening in the overarching world so a lot of that theme is kind of like oppression like being bossed around being told what to do and caesar wanted to to be his own person to free all the apes to not be controlled by humans anymore and just wanted to be seen as equal. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, he, he he's with his, the family that he originally was with at the beginning. Um, and then he starts seeing fellow apes and how they're treated, how they're caged up that in that first movie and how they're hurt, how one of the humans like just, toys with them because he can good old draco malfoy yeah um but so then he decided well enough was enough and he broke out got got together all the apes and then the movie is slight (laughs) slight uprising yes (laughs) but (laughs) then the movies took on from there and it was a theme that people could relate to it was his emotions were like, yes, I know people that suffer, people that ha- are treated like garbage every day. And I've always wanted to start something like this. This character, he may not speak a lot, at least at the, the beginning, the first movie or so, but I understand his emotions. Like you said, the facial expressions that they made, the just the yeah, way his body so language. Much. Yeah, and imagine all the detail that they had to to put into that like in in that cgi like you're acting with something that isn't present with you and yet you were able to portray that like uh, the cgi obviously isn't there you may have car like people dressed up in those, yeah, those suits. suits with the balls and the yeah, on his face yeah uh, like imagine how hard that is to take seriously when you're acting i can't I can't at all. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, says he calls it. Uh, it's like his not man <laughs> suit or something like that, because he's like, I feel like I'm not a man with this on like it. But you got all those balls off. on you. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it shows off in all the places I don't want it to show off. <laughs> he has he obviously never wrestled in his life. Yes, those outfits. Uh, those outfits are awful. Just that's a side yes. note, but just saying. 
Yeah. I, but I completely agree. I think like there's so much, the technology has come so far and they do it. There's ways that it's done so well. And that's such a good example that you're right. It's not talked about as much now as it was like the first movie that came out in the series, I think was talked about a lot and a lot of people liked it. The sequel came out and they're all three were really good movies. I and agree. they just kind of, and then just kind of slowly tapered off. And then by the time the third one ended, it was like, all right, yeah, but hey, I, you know, I didn't even see past really the first. I think I did. It's, it's like come to that uh, area of like, it's those FX movies in the afternoon where it's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll put that on, and then you're like, yeah, it's it's good. It's and most- they, I don't think those movies deserve that fate. Like no, they were those, so good. Those movies were so good, so underrated in my mind. Like, also, I do want to reiterate what you said you relate to the character so you heard it here everyone joe is trying to start a revolution yes Uh, (laughs) before what what it is about i have been suppressed for too long (laughs) no we don't celebrate tuesdays in this world enough and i'm here to start a movement (laughs) february 22nd 2022 come find me and oh we will goodness. rule the perfect. world, or we will, as a quote from a movie goes, we will have all the friends in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, but, so, but that that is my little commercial <laughs> for, for that day. Just say it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was perfect. Thank you. I I try. Yes. Uh, Well, I think that's a good segue. Joe, uh, last thing I really wanted to talk about, unless there, you know, chime in if there's any other things, but what are some of your favorite creatures in television or movies? Okay. So I'll go with, um, I'll go with a puppet one and, and, or an animatronic one. And then I'll go with a CGI one. I feel like it keeps the balance. Yeah. Uh, so from if you haven't seen the movie, this is an old 80s movie. It's yes. it's from 86. It's called Little Shop of Horrors. The, oh, gosh. Yes. yes. There's uh, a <laughs> plant like creature named Audrey 2. This is. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yes. Forgot about the two. And this is Parada Plants basically father if you think about it i feel like this is where parada plant was based off of or vice versa one or the other uh it's it's, because it came out around the same time yeah i mean it came out in the 80s i don't remember when piranha plant for mario was conceived but it was like probably like 87 88 what perfect timing then you know (laughs) (laughs) but there it's audrey 2 is this giant like 12 foot piranha plant um venus flytrap type of deal it's got a huge huge ass mouth teeth and the stunning thing about him is a he sings b he is completely like puppet animatronic like a mix of a bunch of things so people had to have all these wires and poles and stuff to, to move him like they they've quoted as saying like trying to get his mouth to lip sync to the the tracks that they made was like flopping two mattresses together but, <laughs> but they, they actually had on set a a physical therapist because all the work that heavy lifting that they had to do every day to like get him to properly move like it ached on a lot of them so but he's so cool like the fact that if you you like i said you have to see the movie but it's an old 80s type of movie but it's amazing to see like what they were capable of doing back then and how cool he looks and his song like his singing is is fun and funny his voice is perfect yeah they did a good job in that musical i know that's something uh yeah, I haven't watched in a while, but I know 
I'll probably sit down with Jamie and watch that. You you should. Yeah. But and that, then I'll just go really quick. Um I I mentioned my like my favorite CGI, um, which is Caesar from Dawn of Planet of the Apes. But if you go elsewhere, I think another really well done, which th- this isn't one of my favorite movies. I think it's an okay movie, but I thought Smog from The Hobbit like oh, yeah. trilogy. I thought he was amazing, amazingly done. I thought the actor that portrayed him was am- amazing. Cumberbatch. Again, not- yes, I love Cumberbatch. Everyone but, does. Yeah, true <laughs> that. But I, I, again, not my favorite trilogy. I didn't think that it was necessary to have that many movies on The Hobbit, but I thought he did really well, and I thought the detail and the CGI to make him, I thought it looked amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll jump in with mine. I completely agree with your picks. I think that I'll start with uh, I'll start with puppets too. If I had to pick one, because there's so many, I'm just going to have to go with the classic Kermit the Frog because I loved the Muppets and all things Muppets growing up. So uh, I couldn't tell Kermit- from your la- from the last episode. <laughs> yes. So like I tried to pick, I was like, you know, I could pick Hoggle from Labyrinth. I could pick, you know, uh, Red from Fraggle Rock. I could pick, you know, any of the characters from Sesame Street. For me, it was like, I like Big Bird and uh, who was it? Oscar the Grouch a lot growing up. But yeah, I have to say the Muppets were my favorite of all of Jim Henson's different characters and shows and I liked uh, my, you know, Kermit, if I had to pick one backup would be animal for many reasons. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I do like Kermit just represented, you know, just like simpler time, all this stuff. I I know that there's like some interesting thoughts on like all the different characters and based on the times they came out in, but it was just a Mm -hmm. very, you know, he's a very simple character very optimistic uh and that just you know helped a lot in showing like who i was growing up it's like i watched the old some some of the episodes of the muppet show like growing up but then i watched all the movies like the original muppet movie muppets take manhattan uh what is it the great muppet caper uh yeah and then even like the ones that came out in the nineties and like after Jim Henson died, like my favorite version of a Christmas Carol is a Muppet Christmas Carol. (laughs) I watched Muppet treasure Island probably like 75 times. Uh, (laughs) Uh, And then of course I saw like 25 more. Oh my goodness. I I probably have. Uh, But, and then of course, like, you know, then rebooted one in 2011 came out when we were in college and I was like, I'm going to see this over like Thanksgiving break or something. And it was, it reminded me of uh, toy story when toy story three came out, half the audience was like college age students and like young adults, things like that, that grew up with the show. Uh, and then the other half were kids, but there's so many jokes too, that like there was a show for kids, but also for adults. Like they would make jokes that would go over your head. And I like that, like kind of, like some of those jokes, it was like kind of smart humor, things like that. And other things were just like, okay, we're going to hit you in a frying pan. And it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, Muppets as a whole, if I had to pick one Kermit, I love like they had to manipulate him in like the original movie into riding a bike. It was like him on a bicycle. And that was like a cool technical achievement at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very good. CGI real quick. Uh, another like childhood one. I have to say, is Woody from Toy Story? I, I dressed Excellent up like him choice. in like kindergarten or whatever it was, and when I when the movie came out, first grade, and just absolutely blew me away. It was the first all CGI movie, uh, and Woody was just like you know he gets he got upset you know he wasn't like he was a flawed character. He got jealous that a new fancier toy was taking his his spotlight basically his leadership role but then like you know he he calms down he doesn't try to murder him like he did in the original movie it's kind of dark <laughs> when you look back on yeah. it yeah he uh that i for 
I didn't hear that you were talking about the second one for a second. I was like, yeah, he definitely tried to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then like, you know, the second movie come and that was like so good. And then there was that long gap between the second and the third one was so good. And I'm, I know people are like iffy about the fourth one, but I am so excited for it. I know they'll do a good job. I even watched like the little TV specials and those like it's, they stole a Tom Hanks do it. And you know, he's just perfect in the role. Um, uh, so also I just thought of this too. Uh, I know this is like going long, but back to like practical other, like I have to say honorable mention goes to for puppets, Statler and Waldorf, the two old grumpy, oh uh, like hecklers. I love them so much. They're so funny in like every movie they've been in. Uh, I just, yeah, Dang. I just had to say that. So, <laughs> uh, CGI, Though technical achievement, I know you said smog, and this has been in the back of my mind since we started talking about like relating to characters. Mm -hmm. And a good example of that, and just had technical achievement wise, these characters have done nothing but kill, and yet, like, you love them so much. And that has to be, and I'm spoiling some things, but Game of Thrones, Daenerys's dragons. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that. That's true. Like, since the end of the first season to now, like they're full grown dragons, but like their budget, they spent that so well. Like they look so real. It reminds me of smog, the detail they used in that, but also yeah. like they, they don't talk, they kill. That's all they do. Uh, and yet you love them so much. I remember one of the saddest parts of either, I think it was last season, season seven, where, um, was it Drogon? Like her one, like the head dragon spoiler uh -huh. dies and it was like a gut punch. I'm like, you've watched this one character, an animal, a CGI animal just die. And you're like heartbroken for it. And it, it looks so if this animal that doesn't exist actually did exist. Like this is what it would look like. They did such a good job with that. So that is my little mini rant over. It's no, I agree <laughs> with you. I didn't even think about that. Like you, you went from the time that the the dragons were hatched to mm -hmm. to when they're fully grown and they they took out they took on some sort of personality even though that they were killing people they were you got to see them when Tyr Tyrion like was trying to say hi to them and like John yeah. John Snow like um, getting I guess recognized by one of them so that's, that's a, so cool yeah that's actually a really good pick that i didn't even think of i i agree with you completely even though i hate daenerys's character but yeah but. i'm excited to see how it all ends like everyone's been talking about it and like i yeah i'm just so excited oh i can't I april right end of yeah, april it goes uh, yeah end of end of april i think it's like the 20 something 24 god something our, like that. we are gonna have so much stuff to talk about in april yeah, I, I, you know what? I think it's when does Endgame come out? Is that end of April? Yeah, the last Friday of April. I want to say. Right, so Game of Thrones is like two weeks before it. So I think Game of Thrones is mid April, and then it's like a week or two later is Endgame. Shazam's <sighs> in there as that, well. Yeah, that looks pretty funny. I'm excited for that. I know. I want to see that. Yeah. It's yes. like so. Please forgive us once April comes. We are basically going to be playing catch up from that <laughs> yes. month, probably all the way until June because of how much content there's going to be so much. It happens every year, though. It's like the holiday season of movies around Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. It's just growing into April and June. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. But yes. so is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation about? Movie creatures, um, TV creatures, before we get into the next part? No, I mean, there's so much we can still talk about, but I, I know I do want to get into our own creatures because I'm really excited for that. You know, I, you know, to this day, yesterday I showed uh, some people who have never seen the Muppets, I that new one from 2011, uh -huh. and they all loved it. So I was like, ah, it's just, you know, and that's all still puppets, you know very little cgi involved so that was yeah you could still do so much with essentially not very little but just all hands-on effects oh, and still uh yeah i agree 
depends on the situation. Um, sometimes yes. it looks better than CGI and everything. Completely agree. But so the next the next part we're going to do is actually Chris and I are made our own characters that that we really like, like creatures that we think would be cool to introduce to a movie or or television setting. So yes, who? What did we do last time? Who who introduced their self? Was it me first last time? I think you went first last time. So do you want to? Do you want to go? Sure. Go for it. I am very excited. So my creature, uh, this is going to be for I'll say a uh, fantasy TV series. So okay, my creature. Uh, I guess I'll just go into just describing what they look like first and then like what they do and what, how the, how it all work out like the show. Uh-huh. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. Perfect. So, Oh, hi, Tony. That's my dog, Tony. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hi, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd say, so my creature. All right. This has, uh, it actually almost looks like a, a giant kind of like a puppet like creature. Um, with, okay. so imagine, you know, uh, I don't know like how to describe it, but it's feet and, uh, hair is like a cloud, like wisps of cloud. So feet okay. have like little clouds, wooden legs, like going up from that, body you know wooden body that's covered by like a blue robe with some stars and uh, like lightning bolts um little uh, also some like cloud symbols some like you know and then wooden arms that have like this engraving on them like a, just a really cool design like a kind of wavy blue uh, look to it then the face you got like these uh you know, just looks like a giant, like I said, just those old dolls, like the marionette dolls or something like that. Yeah. Mixed with like a nutcracker or something like that. But these, but like human-like eyes, you know, it sounds kind of creepy, but like blue eyes. And then its hat is like a, uh, kind of like a, just a blue cap. Think of like Link's hat from like Zelda or something, but like blue um, with like a little yellow puff ball or something at the end. Think of like, stand from south park or something just yellow and yeah. it just like hangs down a little bit so this show would be like a fantasy series this is like i would consider this person the lead uh it, it could be just but it becomes like you know this character joining a party and going because it's like a fantasy setting having to go and collect these different um like keys or something like that to, uh, you know, help defeat this evil thing like Lord of the Rings or something like that, that, that type of journey uh, throughout the mini series. And that's, you know, that's been getting better over the past like couple of years, like these mini series as opposed to movies uh, or books or things like that. I mean, books would be good too. Yeah. But, uh, so this character, he goes through and that's uh, some abilities like he can uh, like magical abilities. He can shoot out like, you know, he can conjure like uh, lightning telepathy uh, can shoot out like beams uh, from his hand. He has to like charge it up though, but uh, yeah, very like magical creature. And then other people in the party would be more like, you know, uh, you, know you got your healer, you got brutes and things like that. Think of like, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. But essentially what I'm doing is if it's not uh, <laughs> obvious already, I combine two <laughs> characters from one of my favorite games and just like this yes. would be so good as like a TV show. So I combine essentially Mallow and Gino from Super Mario <laughs> RPG. <laughs> I caught it. Yes. And I was like, that would be just awesome if they turned that into a mini series. Like here, here's eight episodes or ten episodes, and like some episodes focus on like each getting like a star or something like that. But with the Mario movie coming out in like two years, like 
that would just be awesome if like in five, 10 years time, they are like, okay, we're going to take some of these properties and turn them into shows or movies or something like, please, please do that. And also I think a combination, like when I played the party, it would be like, you have to have Mario in the party. And I'd always have to choose yes. like, it would usually do like Gino and like Bowser. And that's like a very powerful party, but I like, man, I like some of Mallow's stuff. He's like a, um, was it like a cleric um, opposed to Gino's like wizard character? So I'm like, it'd be just nice to combine the two. And also their design already is really cool. So I think combining them would look awesome. That would, that would be, yes, that, that sounds really cool. Actually. I'd be interested to, to see it actually in real life. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my, my creature, I guess I can go go on mine. Uh, I I think it's pretty simple. It, it's more of a human human trait design, I guess. Okay. Uh, so I named him Toric just because I could. I think it's a cool name. Uh, so I've always had this thing to where I like symmetry and opposition, if that makes sense. So what I, I suppose. <laughs> so what I wanted to do was make a creature that was basically kind of like half light, half dark. It in the sense of like magic and everything like that. So so my thought was that there's this and you can base the story off of like there, there was this kid that originally came from this world, th this very simplistic world where they did farming or whatever. He's in this, like, sort of, they sort of look like angels and they're very light creatures. And all of a sudden, he was exploring one day, found, found this book and start reading it and it wound up producing this orb that kind of started to change him to where so in the one half of his body you have his his general regular features which is like pale or fair skin like blue yeah. eye, blue eyes his arms were like probably he longer than most like i would say like he had a very huge wingspan had like these started to get these magic rings that floated around like for this part of him his like his right hand and he's just got like this white it's like almost like a toga cloth on him like something you would see like angels wear but uh so you you have that and then the the other half of him he also has has a wing like a white angel wing and then the the left side winds up turning into a he winds up getting like a horn like a curled horn on his head that's like dark darkish red at, and his eye like his skin is on the left side slightly darker than pale but it like gets a reddish tint it's not super dark his, his left eye became, turns black and oh my gosh. he yeah and he has Sounds cool yeah he's got like his one his left arm like from the top down turns completely black he's got he's got claw claws and winds up getting on his left foot like just these these spikes that that come out protrude from his leg and that his leg is completely like it's it's still like the darkish red color but spikes start peering and he gets like this black like bat wing and no he's not batman oh my god <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you're making batman no, no that sounds really cool though uh, yeah <laughs> uh but so because i i i've always thought of stuff like symmetry in a creature because it was like it's going for he, he was 
in this pure land and I, I can't get too far into the backstory of what I was thinking, but then he yeah. finds something that corrupts him and the orb that produces splits into two and uh, yes. <laughs> and, and he has power. <laughs> they turn into weapons um, for like each like kind of magic that he wants to use. So like, I've always been like this. I got inspired by something that I watched called seven deadly sins. My favorite character, his name is King. And he always, he uses this like javelin um, weapon, but it can turn into other things. And one of the things it turns to is a bunch of like basically mini knives. And my, my thought is like one of the weapons, like the, the sphere, he uses the like the dark sphere to turn the magic or turn into like all these dark like dark knives with all this demonic energy around them that that can go any way that he wants them to go and and the light sphere can turn into this this pole that like almost like a job javelin type of um weapon that produces like as he swings it it produces these energy waves of light at, at any way he he like swings it at Jeez. and yeah and that's like that's like a very basic like not in super detail like i i've kind of made a backstory for him a, a long time ago actually and but i like the idea of basing someone off of magic. I, I've kind of been playing with what he, what he wears. Like I thought of it like a blue robe and everything. I want him to have like some, like a, a demon tail. And, mm. and, but his primary weapon is, are the two orbs that can cha- manifest into these different types of weapons. Nice. Yeah, that sounds cool. I think I would like to see them go against each other. <laughs> um, oh my goodness that yes. oh, that would be interesting maybe yeah, one day i know we'll like it. gino and mal are both they're like fighting for like this you know kind of like light and good and i know your character has like that of course the split, like good and evil like balancing uh yes thanos but, would be proud she's oh, perfectly balanced <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah yeah is there I, any I other like it. yeah so I would say just uh, what else do you want to add? No, there, that was all I had to add. I think that that was that's really all I got for the creature wise. So I would say that if anyone wants to do us the favor of making these or helping us further contextualize like specifics for them, so that would be awesome if they would want to let us know. Or yes. They can make shoot us an email, follow us on social media, which we'll have up and yeah. send us like your own take on what we described or add to our story. Something like how you think, or if they could somehow be in the same universe, how would they, how would that go? Oh you yeah. Know, and we both said our characters are like based on other ones, but they'd be, you know, it doesn't have to be exactly those from those universes. Exactly. And, and, then maybe we can start a conversation of like, like this is kind of like a mini D and D thing, like creating your own, oh, that'd be so cool. your own cra- character. And like, I, I think it would be cool. I'll, if we get people interested in it, I'll definitely like give full backstory full details. Yeah, yeah. Backstory to what my guy is. Cause I've got like a page and a half written for him. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely let us know anything else that you've got to add, Chris. No, that was that was a good show. I'm excited because I know our next one we're gonna be talking about movies, if I'm not mistaken. No, games. Games. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I that this time you're not mistaken. We're gonna be talking <laughs> We're going to be talking about DLC and mic microtransactions yeah, and the history of, Yeah, history of that, how that's all been phased through like how that's come about in history especially with anthem coming out and it, obviously it's ea games so 
They're they're perfectly yes, timed. Yes, they're known for that quite a bit. So stay stay tuned for that and hopefully you'll enjoy that one too. Yeah. So once again, I'm Chris. I'm Joe. Stay naughty.